Hello, and thank you for joining us at One Life Church. At One Life Church, we are all about connecting lives, building faith, and releasing destiny. Our heart is for all generations to know and experience God. And we truly hope that through the message today, you get to experience God. Praise Jesus. I'd like to thank Pastor Wayne and Pastor Rose for hospitality. We've been well looked after. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's good to be away from home and feel at home. So I appreciate them. Let's put our hands together and appreciate them, please, if you will. And uh, Brother Kirk and his dear wife and Pastor Loni, you've been such a great blessing on this journey. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you this morning because you're here. Unto you shall the gathering of your people be. We haven't come to see a man, but we've come to meet with the Lord Jesus. We ask you to show yourself strong like you always do. And we'll give you all the praise and all the honor and all the glory for all that will be said and done here this morning. For that is the power, the honor, and the glory. And everybody said amen in Jesus' name. Um, I walk in the north of Nigeria in the 1040 window. And if you know what that means in mission terms, that's the frontier of Islam. And God has been gracious to us. We've planted churches in many of those Muslim nations uh, uh, on the west coast of Africa, about 13 of them or so. And we're still planting churches. Hallelujah. Amen. So it's good to be with you this morning. I'll be speaking on compassion, covenant, and compensation. That's like giving you four summons in one. <laughs> we just take a little bit here and there. Let's go to Psalm 145, verses 8 and 9. I can get a bit loud, you know, but don't worry about it. I get excited, you know. Somebody said, well, you know, Jesus never got excited, but everybody he touched got excited. I was blind and now I can see. Glorious God. Psalm 145, verse 8 and 9. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and of great mercy. The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. The word mercy and compassion are used interchangeably in Scripture, both in the Old Testament and the New Covenant. Compassion or mercy means to love tenderly, to be full of eager yearning, to pity, to suffer with, to love tenderly, to be full of eager yearning, to pity, to suffer with. Many times when we talk about the Lord and what God will do in our lives, most of us have no problem believing that God has got the power to do it. The question is, is he willing to do it? You know, the leper who came to Jesus said to Jesus, if you will, in Mark chapter 1, verse 40 to 42, he said, if you will, you can heal me. 
And Jesus touched the man, saying, I will. This morning, God is willing. I said, this morning, he's not only able, he's willing. He's willing, because that willingness sent Jesus to the cross. Compassion is the demonstration of the yearning of the Father's heart to bless his children. He's yearning to bless his children. Hallelujah. The Bible does not say God is power. The Bible does not say God is anointing. The Bible says God is love. The Bible, Jesus said God sends rain on the, un, the just and on the unjust. That means in Lethbridge, after God has blessed his children, God says, where are the bad people in Lethbridge? I want to be a blessing to them. That's the God we serve. He's full of compassion. He's full of eager yearning this morning. Hallelujah to Jesus. And you can see many examples in Scripture. The madman of Gadara, Jesus crossed a troublesome lake. And when he got to that community, he never preached one sermon. He, he delivered one guy from demonic oppression. And the guy said, I'm going to follow you. Jesus said, go and tell your community I have, how the Lord has had compassion on you. So he would go for one guy just to demonstrate his compassion. Hallelujah to Jesus. You know, some years ago, the Lord said to me, buy a plane ticket and fly to South Africa. I said to go and do what? So you're going to pray for one of my children. One of my daughters is in trouble. And I said, Lord, I have no meetings there. It's kind of expensive. He said, whose money is it? So I said, okay. <laughs> I go easy, you know. So the Lord is full of compassion. I realize many times God can take you to a meeting just for one person. For God so loved the world that he what? He gave. If you were the only person in this world, Jesus would still have died on the cross of Calvary. The man with the lunatic son who was being thrown into, into fire, he came to Jesus and said, Jesus, have mercy, have compassion. And Jesus did something. The widow of Nain, her only son had just died. And Jesus met them. They were going to bury the boy. And Jesus was moved with compassion. Today, I want to say to you, Jesus is moved with compassion. He's full of eager yearning. He wants to do something in your life. He wants to change your story. He has the power. He has the willingness. He has the ability. He has the grace to turn it around. And he's here this morning. That's why he sent me here today. He wants to touch a family. He wants to touch somebody in their body. Rakamasi Christo Evangelina. Give him praise and glory in the house of God, somebody. And as I was speaking that, I saw in the spirit, you came with a back problem. I can see the spine on the back. God's power is touching you right now. If you have any back problem, just where you are, lift your hands and say, Lord, I thank you for divine touch this morning. Just lift your hand. I'm not the healer, but I'm the one delivering the parcel. Once God shows you from heaven, we declare it. And when you lift your hand, the angel of the Lord will locate you. By the time I finish speaking, that pain will not be there in the name of Jesus. Just wave that hand and thank him. Give him glory and give him praise. Hallelujah to Jesus. Hey! Glory to God. The Seraphonician woman. 
Her daughter was having mental issues. And she cried to Jesus. Jesus said, it's not your time. He said, but mercy. Mercy. She said, the crumbs from the master's table can bring healing. He's not giving us crumbs this morning. He said, healing is the bread of her children. If the crumbs can deliver from oppression, how much more of the bread? Hallelujah to Jesus. Glory to God. The prodigal son, his place was vacant, but it was never taken. It was vacant, but it was never taken. And every day, the old man would get up and say, maybe that's my son, maybe that's my son, maybe that's my son. And the boy was rehearsing his confession of sin. But the father had compassion on him and ran towards him and began to hug him. I want to say to you, the compassion of the Lord is towards you this morning. He's running towards you. Your place may be vacant, but it's not taken. Nobody can replace you in the heart of your compassionate father. God made only one person like you and he destroyed the mold. There's no other person like you. So the love of God and the compassion of the Lord is towards you this morning. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy is coming in the morning. Do I have a believer in the house of the Lord this morning? Blind Bartimeo said to him, Jesus, son of David, have mercy. Every time you talk about mercy and compassion, you are calling the name of Jesus because Romans 3.20 says Jesus is our mercy seat, our propitiation. Hallelujah to Jesus. I was preaching in Denmark, you know, several years ago in a large conference. And I was praying for a woman in a wheelchair. I had my eyes closed and, you know, I was really praying, really praying. People started screaming. When I opened my eyes, the woman had run out of the chair. I was praying for the chair, you know. <laughs> so, so, you know, I'm not the healer. I'm not the healer. It is Jesus who is the healer. I said, it is Jesus who is the healer. I said, it is Jesus who is the healer. The compassion of the Lord is in the house. Jesus is in the house. If you believe that, give him praise and give him glory in the house of God today. Second Chronicles 16 verse 9 says, The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of those whose hearts are upright towards him. God is just searching. Who can I bless? Who can I touch? Who can I heal? He has the power and he's willing this morning. Is there an amen somewhere in the house of the Lord? Second Corinthians 1.3, the Bible calls him the father of mercies. The father of mercies. Micah 7.18, the Bible says he delights in mercy. He gets a kick out of doing good. I mean, God, if, if God hasn't blessed somebody one day, he, he's just looking like he's restless. I need to do something for somebody in the house. And I believe that person is you this morning. Hallelujah. You know, Peter was preaching too long in the house of Cornelius. And the Bible says while he was still speaking, the Holy Ghost fell. God was eager to touch them, but Peter was talking too much. And God said, Peter, shut up. I need to baptize them in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah to Jesus. I was preaching in a church in Fort Worth, Texas some time ago. Sunday morning like this. And um, as I preached on, one lady just ran to the washroom. 
The second lady ran to the washroom. I thought, am I preaching so bad today, you know? Then the pastor, she touched me and said, hey, Pastor Ginger touched me and said, hey, you need to stop. I said, okay, what's happening? He said, two testimonies. While you were yet speaking, a woman that had a growth the size of a golf ball felt something move, ran to the lady's room, couldn't find it. The second lady had a growth the size of a softball, felt something move, ran to the lady's room, couldn't find it. God didn't wait for us to finish speaking. He is full of eager yearning. Hey! Hallelujah. God is a good God. I was somewhere in South South Nigeria to preach. I'd been in Europe that particular year in the month of September, and I came home and had to be in that part of the country, first week of October, and I was prophesying at the back of a church and just, you know, and then I had the Lord say to me, go up there and call out anyone the doctor says is incurable. Oh. I said, Lord, but I'm tired today. Can you imagine I actually said that? I don't believe I said that, but I did. I said, Lord, but I'm tired. I thought, what, what, what a stupid statement to make to the Lord. So anyway, I was struggling with that, and I came up and I stood like this. And when I turned to the section where the preacher sat, you know who I saw there? It was Jesus himself. <sighs> He's here. I didn't need any prophecy. I just got the message. It's not about you, boy. You're just a delivery boy. It, I paid. And I want them to have what I paid for. I stopped bothering. Hey! I stopped bothering myself about the size of the illness. Maybe it's cancer. Maybe it's Alzheimer's. I'm not the healer. He was wounded for your transgressions. He was bruised for your iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by the stripes that wounded him were healed. Something with your heart, maybe it's a murmuring or something. With your heart is a murmuring. and Something with the rhythm of your heart. The Spirit of God is here. He's adjusting something for someone. If you have any heart, any heart related anything, just, just, just wave and thank the Lord. Just thank the Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just thank the Lord. Just thank Him. I could see that. Some murmuring in your heart. Daddy is in the house. Jesus is in the house. You know, in Africa, where I come from, when you go out and you come back, children will run towards you. Hmm? But they run towards the bag you're holding more than you. <laughs> because they believe there must be bread or something in that bag for them. One of the things we need to learn as a church is that every time daddy comes to visit us, Jesus never comes empty-handed. He brings healing, the bread of the children. You believe that? Give him praise and give him glory in the house of God. Father, we give you praise. Hallelujah. You know, the Lord sent me to one church. Zephaniah 3.17 says, He rejoices over us with singing. Every time God thinks about you, He feels like singing. Can you imagine that? When He calls you, God says, Oh, 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 oh. Loni, ha, hallelujah. That's my son. Hallelujah. Can you imagine that? That's what He thinks about you. Hallelujah. You know, friends, the Lord sent me to one church in our city some time ago. And... Actually, that day, I'd had, I used to have four services back then, and I was tired. So I told one of my pastors, you go represent me there. They're opening a new ministry. Pray for them, whatever they need to do. 
and I sat down to relax to watch a soccer game. I know you guys are so spiritual, you don't watch soccer game around here, but I, <laughs> I, I confess my sin. I, I, I put on the Premier League, English Premier League, and I, you know, my favorite team was playing, you know, and I heard the voice of the Lord say, get up and go to that meeting. I already sent Pastor Joel to represent me. Why? So, well, okay. I said to put on my clothes. My wife said, well, what's happening? I said, the boss said I should go. <laughs> so I got into the meeting, and the Holy Spirit just drew me towards um, this woman, never seen her in my life. And when I got close to about a meter, I was transported to a house in the spirit. And I saw that her son left the house, and then he turned and came back. I said, Lord, there's nothing fantastic about that. That's just children go to school. <laughs> so just tell her. So I told the woman, your son left, your son came back, she went crazy. She began to throw plastic chairs, roaming around, screaming. I was like, okay. What's so special about that word? The thing is, the boy was working as a generator mechanic in a part of town, and he was kidnapped by his boss took him somewhere, gave him something to drink, wiped his brain, couldn't remember his name, where he came from. He had been gone for four and a half years. See, the word of God, by the spirit of faith, a prophetic word can go into your future and bring it into your present. When that word was given, the woman who held them suddenly died. And within a two-month period, the boy walked back home. He sings in our church today. He's part of the worship group. Give a little glory in the house of God. So our father is eager. Compassion has made Jesus your mercy seat. Therefore you qualify for all the blessings of God. Someone say with me, compassion has made Jesus my mercy seat. Therefore I qualify for the blessings of God. Exodus 22, 21 and 22, and Romans 3, verse 25. You can write it down. You know, in the, in the Holy of Holies, there was only one piece of furniture. It was the Ark of a Covenant. In the Holy of Holies in the Old Testament. In that box, in that Ark, there was the Ten Commandments they couldn't keep. There was Aaron's rod that budded when they rebelled against authority. There was manna when they protested about food. Everything in that box was a condemnation. But on top of it was the mercy seat, the lead, where the high priest brought in blood once a year. And once that blood of that innocent animal was applied, the blessings of God came upon Israel. When Jesus went to the cross, that curtain of the Holy of Holies was torn from top to bottom because Jesus had put his blood on the mercy seat of heaven for you. Because of that blood today, whatever be your history, whatever be your past, the compassion of the Lord has made Jesus your mercy seat. Romans 3.25 says, it's our propitiation. Some translations say, it's our mercy seat. There's a mercy seat in heaven calling your name today, saying you are free from guilt, you are free from condemnation, you are free from your history, you are free from the things in your DNA that were wrong. If any man be in Christ Jesus, he's a new creation. All things are passed away and all things have become new. The blood of Jesus is speaking better things about you today than the blood of Abel. Is there a witness in the house of the Lord today? 
is our mercy seat. So what I'm getting from the Lord this morning, I'm not getting it because of me. I'm getting it because of the mercy seat. Once the blood was on the mercy seat, you're welcome. In Romans 7, 24 and 25, Paul was writing. He said, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this sin? The, 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 the Romans had a very uh, special way of punishing criminals. If you were a murderer and you murdered someone, they would tie the victim to you, hand to hand, foot to foot, mouth to mouth, so that the, 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 the virus, the infection from that victim would take your life. When Jesus went to the cross, he took all the curses. Many of us are still walking around carrying dead things. Spiritual necrophilia is the act of romancing the dead. When something dies, you refuse to bury it. Somebody dies, you say, well, I have to keep them in the bed. They are going to drive you out of that room. There are dead things in our lives that need to go. Our past failures, things that didn't work out in our lives. We don't go around carrying dead things around. Everything the blood of Jesus has dealt with, we need to bury the past before the past will bury us. Is there an amen somewhere in the house of the Lord today? Hallelujah. So the compassion has credited your account with all the benefits of salvation. Forgiveness of sin, healing is your portion this morning because Jesus paid on the cross of Calvary. One time in our church, my pastors came, up, came to me and said, one of the girls in church is going to have an amputation of her left hand. The girl's name is Peace. Her left hand is going to be amputated because she had an accident and gangrene set in. And the doctor said, we're not going to cut you from the wrist. We're not going to cut you from the elbow. We're going to cut it from the shoulder blade. Otherwise, you're going to die. So the pastors are going to see her, and they, you know. And so they came up to me between services, came upstairs, and, you know, they just, they just told me what I just told you. I said, let us pray. Well, you know, pastors, we pray when we know what to do, and then we pray when we don't know what to do. So we're always praying. You know, so let us pray. So we began to pray, and I had the words from my mouth. Their hand will not be cut in Jesus' name. I thought, who said that? I realized it, I said it. And the pastors just did it. I said, man of God, what's the problem? What's the issue? He said, well, you didn't go with us to that house. The girl was, the room was smelling, and she was crying, take it off, take it off. Well, they got to the hospital to have the procedure done, and they were using air freshener everywhere to, because it was, it was so odious. And just about the time they would do the procedure, this girl's left hand, his left hand, lifted itself like that and began to do this. And the doctor is screaming, we cannot cut a living hand. We cannot cut a living hand. She expected to wake up with one hand. She woke up with two hands. Brothers and sisters, I'm here to tell you that Jesus is not in the grave. He is the same yesterday. He is the same today. He is the same forever. What he did back then, what he paid for, he wants you to have it. We hope you enjoyed our message today. And we'd love for you to join us in person. If you want to find out more about us, go to www.onelifechurch.ca. 
You can find information on our Connect groups, our programs, and our pastors. You can also find us on YouTube, where you can watch our previous messages. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.